This is the iRacers Lounge, featuring the latest iRacing news, driver interviews, race reviews, opinions, discussions, rumors, and more. Now here's Alan Fajari and Mike Ellis. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Alan Pajari. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we'll talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. With me here is Mike Gillis, Carlos Fonseca, and Jose Paban. All right, guys. Uh, the Pro Series is over with. Yeah. So, you know, last podcast we talked to uh, with uh, Andrew Fayash, who won the, um, the Richmond race. And then they had one more race, which was Daytona, where Nicholas Johnston pulled off the uh, pulled off the win, and they crowned a new champion of uh, Josh Berry. So I believe we all kind of have heard of Josh Berry. He's uh, one of those real race car drivers that has driven in the Xfinity Series for uh, JR Motorsports, I believe. Yeah, I was actually excited for a minute when I saw his name on the, our scripts. I thought, oh, he's going to be our special guest, but... Uh... He isn't, uh, sorry fans, but Josh Berry, yeah, he's a real car. Uh, he does the super late models uh, for junior uh, motorsports. Yep. Someday we'll have him on, but uh, congratulations goes out to Josh for winning the, the Pro Series Championship. And for everyone that is transferring over into the Peak Series, uh, congratulations to them. And as you know, uh, the Road to Pro for the Peak uh, doesn't start until October for the next guys that want to try to make a pro series or well, have their peak peak license, I should say. Right. Uh, and a special shout out to one of our regulars that's sometimes on the show, Logan Clampett. Uh, he moves on as well. Yep. Congratulations, Logan. And uh, I believe uh, Andrew moved on. And so uh, should be a, a good uh, series and soon we'll have some guests talking about that series and uh, what their goals are for the year and uh, hopefully that be f- before their Daytona race which is coming up. But that just means iRacers Lounge is lucky. You know those guys come on, they move on, it worked out. Yep, it is. It is good. Yeah, maybe that's the that's the hope for all these guys to come on and get some wins and uh, and get some championships and stuff. So let's move on to uh, another Oval Series, which is the Open. Um, and in between the shows, we had uh, Milwaukee and Phoenix. Um, Milwaukee, uh, not very many races went Oval, or went official, I should say. Nothing split. And I consider it a basically a waste of week. Shouldn't even been on the schedule. What do you guys think about Milwaukee being on a, a Open schedule? Well, where's my 10-foot pole? Um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not running a open, obviously, uh, official, uh, I'm only official races I'm running are really NIS, but, uh, yeah, I don't want to mess up my IR. So, um, I'm staying away. Yeah. Just to me, it was, you know, it's basically a one shot, make a setup for Milwaukee. It's different than other tracks out there. And it's just, you know, the interest I know on our team, the interest was very low. I'm actually racing there. Matter of fact, very, 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 very low. Like, like no one wanted to do it. And so no one did. And uh, so happy for the guys that did race there. If you enjoy Milwaukee, that's uh, that's good for you. But uh, I don't know. I'm not, I, I think that that track is pretty good for uh, trucks. 
IndyCar oh, is awesome. Yeah, there. IndyCar, but anything besides that, you know. Personally, to me, if if the cup car doesn't go there, I consider it a waste. So, and that's I, I know Iowa's coming up on the schedule too, and I consider that a waste too. Well, it's kind of like when they put Monza on, right? Yeah. Yep. Just like a, a Monza. So it's good for the C fix stuff, which is going on this week. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys have, if, have watched any of those C fix races. At well, Monza, Brad, or our, one of our teammates, Brad Miller, and he, he's one of our regulars here too. He went and ran that uh, truck race at Monza. And he basically said, boy, that's a good way to give up your numbers. Or, or gain it. It just depends on what happens to you. Cause it is a, you know, you know how they always talk about in the thirteenth week. A lot of people talk about, you know, for week thirteen. Now, yeah, I'm going to get my popcorn and watch the low splits, uh, street stock races, or whatever. Right. No, watch the C fixed in Monza. <laughs> yep. You know, because you can't if, go side by side getting into one, uh, one or three. And you you really need to be, you know, nose to tail with people. And can we, you, I was thinking we just see anything. C fixed is terrible. Yeah. Well. Yeah, it, it is, but it, I, to me, especially Monza, I I know I watched one race, and I th- they couldn't make a lap. There was not a single lap went green all the way around. Wow! And so, yeah, it was it was just it was just horrible. So it was just you know, I, I don't even know why people do it. To be honest with you, but they do. Um, so anyway, uh, let's move on to the Phoenix week and. I got to tell you, I did one race there. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, and it was the first time in my iRacing career I've been disqualified out of a race. For what, incidents? Yep, for incident points. Holy moly. Yep. <laughs> one of them was guys by me is when I spun out, but I was already so upset by that time. Well, if you go look at it, you'll see the way they drive. And so I kind of brings my question on why is the driving so bad at phoenix why is it that bad is it is it the dog leg do you think was the addition of the dog leg made it horrible or or is it just the people on it's the whole thing that you have to actually drive and let off the gas and hit the brake and i don't know so many tracks you don't have to do that at and uh i think yeah people just try too hard uh, you know, I just, to me, I'm just, I'm so sick of being used as a, as a break for some people going into three because they cut the dog leg so much and then they just come riding up on you and then they I blame it on you. Yeah. Then they, of course they blame it on you. But it's to me, I just think that it's even in the A open where I think I was, I think I was out of the race before half the race was over with. Yeah. It was that bad. And I just, it was just so disappointing on, on how people drive there and the wrecks and everything else, you know. And I knew it was going to be bad because I think in top split Monday night, the first race of the week, there was like 13 cautions. It's 125 lap race. So, so the question, is this first account or second account? Oh, this is first. <laughs> this, is, this is first account. So it is, sounds like you give it up some IR there. Yeah, and I am. Um, I was up to uh, thirty eight hundred. Now I'm down to thirty five. 
So it's, uh, yeah, it's just, and for the first time in a long time, I'm not at 4.99 set to rating either. It's just, I don't, I don't, I don't get the drive in there. And I just, A-Open's been d disappointing. How about that? It's just been disappointing. But uh, it started off well, and then it's been getting worse as the as we're on short tracks. But hey, it's Charlotte this week, so um, maybe we'll back, be back to some decent racing. I don't know. It all depends on, I guess, on how how everything goes there. But yeah, I don't. I know I'm the only one here that drives the open. And uh, be honest with you, it's been fun setting up the cars. Been fun working with my teammates, and it's been fun doing that kind of stuff like that. But but the racing has been extremely disappointing. And uh, hopefully it will get better, especially as we come up near on the NIS. So let's talk a little bit about the NIS. Yeah, we got some updates. They actually announced uh, some additional time slots for each week, uh, basically targeted for the Europeans and Australians. Uh, and they're going to be a Wednesday and Thursday afternoons, uh, U.S. time. And... Uh, yeah, I'll be working, so I don't think I'll be able to do those. So I'm kind of disappointed that it's during the day or it's during my work day and I'm going to have to miss one of the chances at running an event. But at the same time, I'm happy for the other people that, you know, maybe they got a time slot that might work for them. Well, as what I saw, uh, most of the Europeans were, uh, or Australians were very happy about these two additional time, spot, time slots. It's a... Uh, Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern, and uh, that's for the fixed. And open is Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern. And uh, be honest with you, um, you know, since I work from home, I might dabble myself into a few of these races. So um, well, I'm that, actually kind of happy uh, about it. Yeah, I work from home too, and that's kind of a uh, a problem for me because I'm like, uh, I want to go racing, but I need to work. Yeah, that's uh, that's true. But I guess for me, depending on what's going on at work, I might uh, I might jump in. You know, might uh, you know? But I'm I'm happy about it. That's that's all I can say. Because you know, there's there's a few of the evenings I cannot join and get into races. So um, this might actually work out for someone like me. It will work out for other people that race during the day, and especially works out for the Europeans. So I think this is actually a good thing. Yeah, it's gonna be good for open for me. Yeah, so and that's that's pretty good though. So, and on top of it, uh, there probably be a lot less people in it. So if you do want to race, uh, if your I range high enough and you might want to do some uh, higher split stuff, then uh, then this might be good for you. So, then all depends. But I'm glad they did it. Um, I I still like to have the limited amount as possible of slots that people can join a race. Um, cause I'm not a big fan of the every two hour deal. So I think this is a good I, compromise. I, yeah, it's a good compromise. So now that brings five times that people can join for a fixed and four for the open. And so I, I don't think that's too bad. And, uh, they also mentioned about some possible, uh, eight car changes coming up, Mike. Well, one thing I want to point out real quick about as far as points, as far as this new session it's still your best of four, right? So if you do five events, it's going to take a average of your best two. 
I would still think it'd be your best four, and then if once he hit five, then it starts doing the averages thing. So right. yeah, I would still think it so would I think follow people that. People just need to be aware oh. of. I guess my point is, is if you're going into that fifth race, you better be aware that you're going to be walking away with an average finish. Yeah. Which is, uh, yeah, people should be aware of that, but it's. Uh, I think that's still fine. So yeah. I mean, if you're going to race it. If you're going to race the fix five times, then yeah, then then it should take your average, I guess. So the next big tidbit here was they're working on the physics sides of the rules changes that NASCAR implemented for the 2016 season. As far as what they're calling the low downforce package, it's actually a lower downforce package. It's really not a low downforce package. It's more of a medium to medium high. But regardless. Uh, they're saying now that those rule changes will be out in the March build. So at least we have a time frame. We were wondering if we're going to see them by the race after Daytona at Atlanta, or are we, you know, are they going to wait till the next major build, which is the answer. They are waiting till the next major build for that. Yeah, which I figured, I figured they wouldn't be putting out some kind of a change at, until the end of the season one here. So then, you know, so that'd be after Las Vegas. Well, and it gives iRacing a couple of weeks to see how NASCAR uh, reacts with Atlanta and so forth with, with those first couple races, you know, and see how they go. Because it's possible NASCAR might make additional changes, you know, if something goes wrong. Yeah, it's possible. Um, but I will say it, it, uh, it's probably going to be changing enough where the the setup makers are going to be having um, some issues there, especially if they need to do it quickly. Um, what's the race right after Las Vegas there, Mike? Um, Phoenix. Yeah, so Atlanta, Vegas, Phoenix. Yep, so if the, the first one is going to be Phoenix, then that's going to... You know, it is going to be another one of those times where you can just take all your setups that you had made in the past and toss them. Right. So fixed and yeah. So it's uh, so it's I think it's going to be kind of back to that uh, mode for people where everything that they have built is going to fail inspection and probably not going to do them any good anymore. So oh yeah, this is a completely different car. Right. I'm excited for it. I, you know, it's going to lower the corner speeds and it's going to make braking and getting back on the throttle more of a premium, you know? Yep. I, yeah, I agree with that. And, uh, anything that takes people away from hot lapping a lot should be, uh, should be good. So, uh, what other changes are uh, coming down the pipe well, here, Mike? Digital dashboard is now required for NASCAR drivers in 2016. Uh, we saw it a couple times in use at the end of last season by a few drivers, Kurt Busch and Ryan Newman, I believe. But uh, they're saying now they're going to hold off a little bit on making any changes for us is, uh, regarding the digital dashboard to see if NASCAR is going to make any additional changes to make it more visible to the drivers. So. I think we'll know, you know, once we get into the Daytona Speed Weeks, I think we'll uh, we'll know if NASCAR is going to change anything. And I guess there's speculation that, uh, you know, they might make it bigger or something like that. I don't know. 
Yeah, I guess we'll we'll see. Um, and uh, what's the thing they mentioned about the three D car car modeling? Well, uh, the 3D car model portion is a licensing issue that needs to be worked out with the manufacturers. And we will hold off on making that change until we can do it all at the same time. They've, we have Ford worked out, but we need to work on GM and Toyota still. So iRacing is basically saying, you know, we've got to deal with Ford. We've got to work out Chevy and Toyota. And uh, then we'll, we'll announce it or we'll make the changes all at once, which I think is a... I think before, didn't they just make the changes one car at a time as they made the, the deals? Well, I know the Ford engine sound has changed, but uh, I don't think anything else has changed from it. So I guess if the, if the look of the cars are going to be changing, then I, I would say it probably makes sense to do them all at the same time for uh, sake of whoever's doing that work. So. Yeah, I, I didn't know that the real NASCAR 2016 package included any uh, 3D, you know, car modeling the way it looked changes. I think maybe the Ford had a little bit different front, but obviously the spoilers and the, and the clearance to the ground are going to be different. Yeah, yeah, right. So uh, I guess all in all, there's going to be some changes in the cup car, and uh, we know one that's uh, – possibly going to happen in March, which is the physics change, and then uh, we should uh, look for the others. Yep. All right. Big race uh, a couple weeks ago. 24 hours Daytona. You guys participated. How'd you do? Who was on your team? What car did you drive? Well, yeah, Team Tifosi, we had one car. Uh, we had the fast car the Corvette, and it, I think we finished eighth. Is that right, Carlos? Yeah, I think so. Not, yeah, not eighth. Sure. We finished the race, um, eighth, several laps down. Um, we brought it home in one piece. I mean, it wasn't really – we had some incidents here and there, but, you know, we didn't wreck the car. So uh, I think we lost – incidents. Yeah, we lost most of our laps early in the early stints. Uh, after that, we didn't lose much. We pretty much kept up with pace. Uh, Carlos, what else? I mean, it's pretty uneventful. Well, I don't know. <laughs> First time in my car, I spun the thing. Hit hit someone who was in the middle of the track. Yeah, Carlos, you have a couple incidents. And it was only minor damage and black flag, meatball flag, whatever, to go get it fixed. It was optional only. Like, what was it, 10 seconds optional or half? 40 seconds optional, wasn't it? Yeah, and it wouldn't let. We did a driver change in the middle of the repairs, and it would let us finish the repairs after we changed drivers. Yeah, I think that was our fault there. I should have stayed yeah. in the car. Yeah, I think that was one of the the bugs reported uh, beforehand about the, about the about the black flag flags. Thing. Yeah, but don't don't change the drivers. Um, otherwise, I won't finish the repair. Yeah, I missed that. Yeah, one, Yeah, that I guess. probably cost us a lap. <laughs> Yeah, so that cost us, and yeah, there were some other things. And I think early on, I think what we concluded, you know, doing the, uh, the uh, you know, quarterback afterwards, you know, and looking back at the race, you know, where did we go wrong? I think early on, we were, we were going on timed stints instead of running the car out of gas. And we ended up pitting more often than the people we were racing 
So after a few hours in, we got to talking and said, hey, you know, this isn't working. Let's change. So we started doing fuel stint runs where we ran the tank out of gas. And I think that helped, but it kind of hurt us there early with that different strategy. Yep. So who was all on the on your team? Well, Jose Pabon, Carlos Fonseca, Mike Ellis, uh, Brian Kozer. Matt Boley, one of Matt. Matt Boley. Brad Wren. Brad Wren and uh, Brad Miller, uh, who's one of our teammates. He actually spotted pretty much most of the time and did a great job. All right. Did any of you guys stay up the whole 24 hours? No, I don't think anyone was on the whole time. Probably Brad Miller, even though he didn't do uh, any driving. He was probably on the most because he did stay up uh, late with the the overnight guys uh, while the rest of us went to bed. Yeah, at 5 o'clock, I was baked. I told him, I hope you don't wreck, but I'm going. Oh, there you are. Okay. Yeah, well, our team at the 1UP Motorsports, we had two teams. And so we had a Corvette D team, of DP team of uh, Derek Bordeaux, Colton Landis, uh, Sam Roush, and Josh Campbell. And uh, those guys were uh, pretty fast. They started, I think, the last DP in their in their split, which was the third split, which I think was 22nd. And uh, Derek started the car, and uh, and I believe uh, he got up there, uh, up in the top five by the time his first pit stop. And then I think uh, I think uh, Colton took over at that time, and, uh, and they were in first place uh, uh, before Colton, I think, gave up the car to, to uh, Josh there. And those guys did uh, real well. Um, they were involved in a few incidents, but uh, uh, I, I guess the nose cone gets replaced on those DPs. Well, I got to say, uh, you know, I was watching, and Derek Bardot is fast, and everybody who's races him knows that. And he took so many chances, it, like three wide into one, and all this, you know dive in between lap traffic and, you know, zigzagging. Oh, time, it, I mean, he was going. I mean, like it was like the last lap. And and I, I told my teammates, there's no way they're going to finish this race. So I guess I'm the first one to eat crow here and say, uh, good job, Derek uh, and Colton and Sam and Josh. Uh, I, I called it. You guys weren't going to finish, but you obviously did. So uh, good job. Not yeah, only that one lap over everyone else. Yeah, they but yeah, they were in a in a few things, but uh but they yeah, they were fast. Um the team I was on was the GT3 team which was the BMW team. Uh we had uh Travis Allenberger, um myself, uh Marty Sponsor, uh Jason Miller, Bradley Avard and uh Tyler Hudson in that car and um we kept the thing completely clean throughout. We had 45 incidents altogether for the 24 hours. All 45 were off track. And I think uh, 44 of them were off track when you're coming out of the, the bus stop. stop. Yep. And so, um, but we were just completely clean. Matter of fact, Tyler ran the most laps and he had zero incidents throughout, throughout his uh, stints. And, yeah. uh, but uh, we were, but for some reason, we just felt really slow, even though we got some, you know, uh, like Marty and Travis and 
and Tyler are all very fast road racers. And, and BMW, we, yeah. Yeah, we were in the BMW. We just felt That's really why. slow. But the the one thing that that I, I noticed in this race, and by the way, we finished seventh, which was which was pretty good. It just it was just disappointing because you know you'd figured twenty four hours keep the car clean. That's what you need to do, you know. And um, but it wasn't working in this race. Yeah, but very thing, little attrition. Yeah, but one of the things I was really disappointed was there were some cars that finished ahead of us that were just beat the hell up. You know, McLaren's at the front ends were all just like nothing, and the wings were all sh- shot. And you know, and I just I couldn't. Why were they driving so dang fast when they were so damaged? You know, the leader of the race t-boned another car and just kept on driving like there was nothing, like there was no problem whatsoever. And I don't understand the current damage model discussion or yeah, <laughs> damage no. model. Did you guys see any of this stuff? Yeah, I think so. But when I was in the car, I that wreck I was talking about that I got in, I barely touched another guy. And that's probably what gave me the most damage. But I ended up getting clobbered by someone, t-boned as well. I figured, oh, we're done. That's half hour of damage. And nope, only 40 seconds optional. Yeah, that was odd because I also thought uh, the race was over for us, you know, and uh, there was no damage. Uh, see, now, to me, I understand if you're in a big, big wreck, you know, setting the, setting the thing for 30 minutes, you know, get things replaced and that type of stuff. But I even know for our DP team, they were replacing noses in 10 seconds, you know, and... But when I saw these damaged cars, and you, I mean, when you think about it, if your wing is all shot in the back, wouldn't that make that car more difficult to drive? You know, or if your front end is all beat up, shouldn't you be slower when you're on the oval part of the track? You know, and I mean, we were getting passed by McLarens that were beat up. And, you know, and I was just really disappointed about about the current damage model. And this actually kind of goes on with, with all cars, and I think it kind of goes back to that crappy race in the way we got things going. Is it the damage model, or is it the BMW is a dog? Well, the BMW was a dog, but the damage model is really, really bad. Just for example, I was telling you about that Monza race I was watching with the C-Fixed. I was seeing trucks flip over, you know, run into the guardrails, keep on going. They just go and stop, and they just keep on keep on going. Now, to me, if if you flip, that's that. <laughs> you're you know, done. You're done. I don't understand it. You know, and so it, and I am also seeing this in the A car, where it doesn't matter. Go ahead and wreck people. Go ahead and wreck your car. It really doesn't matter because you're still going to have the speed. You know, I it, I think the, the I think the damage model is broken. I don't care what it looks like. It's a damaged. Now, yeah, if the, if the car looks damaged, you know that's that's fine. What they've done there has been great. It does look damaged. Problem is, if you don't slow down the car, if there's no penalty, then what's the? Then who cares? Yeah, we also had a report on the forums of uh, the on the meatball flag issue uh, for optional damage. Uh, Dalton Baldwin, I don't know what split he was in, but he claims he was leading the race and uh, had to come in for a 10-second optional repair, 
and the black flag would not go away, the meatball flag. They pitted three times to try to get it to clear, and uh, they couldn't get it cleared, and he says he lost the race because of it. So it was just it's another one of those bugs that that's in this current build. There's no doubt about it. But what other bugs did you see out there? I know there was one that basically every one of our drivers saw, and that was... Oh, the yellow flag coming onto the oval. Well, I think we've known that for for a while now. But yeah, that's 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 I, at least for the last couple of years that has been there. But we had one that was a stuttering issue, where basically it looked like your screen freezes, and basically everyone saw this at least at one point during their race. Is where it just it, it, you felt like you were going to end up running into the wall because you couldn't tell where you were going. It was that bad, and it wasn't like a just like a graphics type of thing either. It was, it was like, you know, it, the game is like so stuttered, you know. So was it your computer or was it iRacing? I think it was iRacing because basically everyone saw it, even you know, and it wasn't at the same time. It was just. Sometime at, in their race and in in whatever corner that they might have been, um, it was really bad. Now we heard about the stuttering issues before, being people would talk about well, you can do this to cut down your stuttering and that type of stuff, but it wasn't like that at all. It was it it was like it would be like a you know how how you're thinking well. I'm, if I have bad frames, it's like 30 frames a second or whatever. It might even get down there 20, you know. But this was like a frame a second, maybe even worse. It was, it was that bad. Undrivable. Almost undrivable. I was about ready to pull over and tell someone to take over because it was. I was afraid something was really happening with my computer. But then when I started hearing from other people and then... And I don't know if you guys are Twitch watchers at all, but basically half the world stream their races. <laughs> so you can just watch a bunch of people. And there was a bunch of people talking about it. And there was, you know, so I know it was happened to a, a lot of people where they would where they would have that huge, huge stuttering issue. So, um, but did you hear about any other bugs bes- uh, besides the black flag and, and this? I think that's it. Well, they they did have the one, but the website not necessarily working at uh, at the time of the race, and so they started up another another session. Hour oh yeah, later. yeah that yeah. Now that you bring that up, that kind of makes me mad. Uh, I was you know I got up and I I wasn't there for the start, but I saw the the communication about what happened, and basically what happened is there were lots of teams that couldn't get in for the start of the race. And they missed it. And so iRacing decided to launch another race session, you know, 30 minutes later. So those other teams could get in. And I was thinking, well, then we're not splitting the field correctly here. You know, maybe they should kill the first session and relaunch with everybody in the same session. So we have proper splits. I'm glad they didn't do that. But I also don't necessarily think that they should have allowed teams that registered in the first session to register in the second session. Right. So did teams do that? I don't. I didn't hear of anyone doing that. 
Yeah, matter of fact, uh, one of the guys that we frequently have on the show who made the Peak series this year, so I think you know who I'm talking about, um, was involved in the first lap crash where he was flipping all over the place. Next thing I know, next thing I know his team is in the second race. So there you go. So they get two chances and everyone else gets one. You got it. So if you happen to crash out in that first hour and a half, good luck to you. You can move on to the second one. Just move on. So, And I believe that we probably had about four or five teams that moved on. Yeah, I, I was. that's why I was not happy. I didn't think it was a good move. It just didn't feel right in my gut that they should have a second session startup. That's unplanned, literally. Yeah, I... You know, I can understand. Well, the thing is, I'm I'm sure the reason why they did it is because they had website issues at the time, and uh, and maybe a little bit later we'll talk about the website issues. But you know, they had the problems, and so they wanted to give people an opportunity to race, so they they did that. So um, I can I can understand the reason why they did it. I just think that if you were involved in one, you can't be involved in the other. That's just my opinion on that but and who knows maybe there's no way for them to you know set up that kind of you know check you know oh you can't register because you registered for this other thing you know maybe that they don't they don't have code in place for that but they should you know after you know what's happened if they're ever going to have you know do that again uh you know here's the chance make up some code you know and don't let that happen right and also i don't know how bad these people were with their websites and stuff like that. But if you weren't giving yourself the proper time to make sure that you can join the race, because as Tony Gardner wrote in his thing, there was 1,400 people that joined the race. 1,400 people. And so apparently they gave themselves enough time to be able to join the race. Then what happened to those other people? Why, you know, did you try to click on try to get in the race in the last five minutes, you know, what you try to do. So I know for us, um, as soon as 6.30 came along where you can start to, or, you know, central time, as soon as that came along and as soon as you can start to join the race, we were trying to join the race. Yeah, we you had know? problems. Uh, Jose Pabon was going to start. He could not get in. Our backup plan, Brad Wren, uh, he was able to. So we he actually had to join uh, we joined the race under Brad's name, uh, which was Plan B, because Jose was having those problems uh, with the website. Yeah, right, but he, he had a backup plan. Start. Right? But, but he yeah, had a backup plan. Yeah, we're smart enough to know iRacing, you know, has issues, and and Especially we need more than one person there. We and the other thing that was going on, if you remember, we had that storm. I just dropped my coffee. We had that storm with the big uh, on the East Coast with all the snow, and we were worried about a power failure for Jose as well. And that was one of the other reasons we had a backup plan. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. That was, uh, that was with us too. So we always made sure that we had, had a couple guys and, uh, we had a total, I think on, on the two teams, four people on the East coast that were being affected by the snow or Colton, they had three feet. And, uh, just, so we were prepared for that too. And it's just, and, it's also kind of like the reason why I was I got up early that morning because you know Travis was going to start it and just in case Travis couldn't uh, get in, I was ready to do it. So um, yeah, you got to have that backup plan. I think some of these people were not prepared, but um, 
I guess it's a live and learn situation, and I'm, but I do understand the reason why everybody did that. But anyway, it is what it is, and I guess we'll move on. It, I guess it didn't affect our race, so it, except for the fact that it seemed like either people were crashing out or leaving the race because maybe their other teammates started the, the next one, you know. So I don't know. All right, let's uh, talk about uh, Mr. Majeski there. Mike? What was that? Let's talk about Mr. Majeski as you're uh, trying to reach for your coffee there. <laughs> yeah, I just went everywhere. What a mess. Uh, yeah, uh, Ty Majeski, uh, real racing here, uh, renews sponsorship with iRacing for the 2016 season. Um, and uh, that's you know, great news. We've always liked to see iRacing uh, helping out in this uh, real racing endeavor, and uh, they continue on. So great, great news. All right. And uh, iRacing put out a, another YouTube video, and this one's basically uh, IMSA, a little promo on that. And, that uh, and they actually did some little comparisons between uh, iRacing and the real IMSA uh, looks and feels and stuff and uh um so it was uh, if you're a fan of imsa racing for real then there was like well come do it pretty much the exact same thing i'm on almost all the tracks on uh, iRacing. and so it was a nice little video i mean they they uh do put them together kind of nicely so it, it looked good now who watched the uh the actual 24-hour race um boy it was some great racing and I guess compared to the iRacing version, uh, we need some better racing on the iRacing version. Boy, they they had some great racing going on. Yeah, but uh, maybe in the tops, but it was it was some good racing. Right. Um, so I mean, we I wasn't up there. As a matter of fact, uh, I didn't see any of the racing from top split. I I do know I I believe that. Uh, it was kind of the usual teams up there that on, up front and that won that race. I know Martin Kroenke, I think, was one of the guys that uh, won the race in the DP, but um, around that team. But so it's the kind of the usual names that you expect in the top split. And um, but I'm, I, I got a feeling probably the racing was a lot better there than it was in some of the splits that we were in. You know, right. So. Uh, why don't you talk about the the next one here, Mike? Yeah, another you you know YouTube video from iRacing this time, uh, talking about the uh, McLaren uh, Formula One car uh, and all the different features on it and kind of how they work and stuff and and there's also a uh, a uh, setup guide in PDF that you can download um, that's in the uh, forum post. So if you search McLaren Honda. Uh, in the forums, you'll probably find it, but uh, the user's guide is kind of neat. You know, it's several pages long, uh, 12 pages, and it talks about, you know, tires, differential, uh, power unit, you know, dampers, inertia, uh, chassis, and so forth, and just everything about the car. And, you know, if you're trying to set it up, I think this is a must read. Yeah, a lot of stuff on that car. So I know there's a. I don't own it yet, and uh, I'm not sure when I will. But um, it, thing seems like it's over my head. That's I got to tell you that. What, what about you? 
Yeah, I'm not even going to attempt it. Uh, I, I have hard enough times with the regular cars. Um, but, you know, it's very impressive, the people that can do it. I, I am impressed by that. You know, one thing I am interested in with the new cars is going to be the Grand Prix series that's going to be coming up um, and see on how uh, guys that normally do well, like uh, Hutu and Kroenke and stuff, and just uh, see how they handle the new car. Right. Do they so, pick up where they left off or what? Yeah. Yeah. So that should be uh, quite interesting. And um, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure it's going to be produce some great racing up there. For, yeah, there's a lot guys. of changes for them, like DRS zone and stuff like that, that they just never have done. Yeah. Yeah, I, I couldn't imagine the all the dials and switches and buttons that they got to have near the rig and stuff, be able to handle all this, all these things, you know. So, I don't know. That's, I think that's, that's good because it probably should make you feel like you were more in an F1 race than ever before. And so, uh, so that, that should be good. Um, let's talk a little bit about our recent website issues. Now, um, in our notes here, we got uh, iRacing.com will be done. We're going to update our website. Outage this afternoon. We're going to be updating our website. We got it in here several times. So they've been updating their website. <laughs> Lots of times. small outages. There was an unplanned outage on the 19th of January. Uh, there, another short outage on the 20th where the website went down. And, and as you said, multiple times, um, these are being scheduled. And, you know, it, you're not seeing anything visually on the website after these, these updates. I think they're just trying to, you know, band-aid some fixes together and just try to optimize what they got trying to get to the next build. What do you think? That's what I think so, too. I think they're just trying to... Let's get us to the next build. I'm, I'm pretty sure that that probably can't come soon enough for them because my guess is that they're getting closer and closer and closer to um, not eliminate the website as I think we've seen in, in, in the stuff that they plan to do before, but to minimize the website as much as possible. And I think it was in that video that they had one time when they were talking about the next generation where basically you're going to be where they want to feature or get us into the sim quicker and hold us into the sim um, more than the website, which is basically the sim runs on your computer, and so it's they it's really distributed networking type of thing. So they want to put it more on your computer and, and more stuff on on there, uh, and and that should fix a lot of issues that they have with their website right now i hear people saying well you know uh, ebay is able to have so many people on their site and amazon's able to have so many people on their site and stuff but iRacing's not ebay or amazon or microsoft or whoever else is having a high traffic website so um and i'm sure they're putting more resources into the sim itself than they are on the website because they plan to move away from that as much as possible. Right. That's why you're not seeing that overhauled and whatnot. Yeah, there's right. another outage even tomorrow uh, scheduled uh, for the website to go down uh, briefly. Yeah. So it's. Uh, I, I expect that to be ongoing. I expect them to be doing little fixes. Um, uh, and little things that they 
find out that might have been missed or is a problem. But uh, I don't I don't see them doing any major fixes to it at all. So I think it is what it is until the next build. That's kind of my opinion on that. Yep. Okay, so next up, I want to jump into uh, a topic that Tony Gardner uh, brought up on the uh, forums. Uh, Tony Gardner is the uh, head of iRacing over there, and uh, he called it iRacing on the Upswing. And it's a wall of text, and I'm not going to read it here, but there's some tidbits in here I want to try to paraphrase and share uh, with the audience here as he tries to communicate about all the things we've just discussed, the website, the upcoming build, you know, where are they at, uh, and that kind of thing. So let me uh, go through this and, and read off a couple things here. He's seeing there's some recent negativity about a couple main issues. Uh, I think, number one, the website and the stats being slow during peak activity or even down. You know, and he apologizes and he's frustrated about it. Um, one key sentence here. Anyway, we realized a long time ago our overall design combined with the architecture we chose was not ideal. A priority for quite a long while for us was to work on the existing website optimization while we work on a whole new architect architecture from scratch. All of that is in the works. The new structure will be rolling out in piecemeal and several elements to it. We also have more optimizations coming out on the existing website as soon as the next couple of weeks with the goal of improving the speed on many of the stat pages by over 50%. You'll also notice better organization, descriptions, and error handling on the stats and data pages as well. Again, the big project going on in the background is a complete rework of essentially everything to do with the front and back end of the website and data. We're not happy with the design or usability either, and that is all changing. So kind of like you said, Alan, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of stuff going on in the background that we haven't seen yet that hasn't rolled out. Yep, and, and yeah, that's to be, to be expected. And I'm sure these little, little things that they've been doing, a lot of the outages have been exactly what Tony pointed out there is just you're going to see little, little changes. Little changes here and there, and I think that's just uh, their band-aids, their quick fixes. They're trying to make things uh, a little bit better for us to handle, and actually, until we get to the new thing. So uh, the I second big thing uh, he said is that's drawing negative negativity is simply in what he calls in sim smooth driving, no stuttering, and good frame rates. He says that's always a top priority and always a battle. They're constantly working on it, and it never ends. Uh, the global issues are easier to find, and, and they fix those quickly, um, and they're always the highest priority. And he goes on to basically say, you know, they're working on it. You know, um, you know, they found some things on that front as well, and they'll be rolling out soon. Um, another key sentence here at the end is, right now we are climbing out of a hole on the website. So... You know, they obviously know that there's a problem. And, you know, when he says we're climbing out of a hole, you know, that's a figure of speech, obviously. Um, but I think it speaks volumes of, hey, we understand you guys are having problems. We understand everyone couldn't register for the 24-hour race, you know, and it was an issue. And, 
And uh, and it's good to hear from Tony Gardner, the head of iRacing, you know, acknowledge this stuff. So I wanted to take a minute and just kind of talk about what he said. And if you want to read everything, uh, go find his post. Yeah, so... So... Do you think it was all the all the moaning on the forums that got Tony to write up that? Yeah, there was a few, you know, key complainers as as there usually is, but um yeah, I saw some forum posts that had the word negative, you know, i racing taking a downturn was one subject and another post I saw was something like, you know, i racing on a downswing and so he, so Tony's post is called I racing on the upswing. So he's trying to, you know, let's spin it another way. Uh, and let me read what he finishes with on his, uh, his dissertation here. Good progress is being made on the website issues. We have more talented people than ever working here and investing more than ever. And we've discussed this before. Better management and review, looking to hire more people to raise the bar higher and faster. We have more drive than ever to build the best racing sim and service we can. In my opinion, more great things in the works than ever. And I'm not just talking about cars and tracks. I'm talking about improvements to the structure, new features, improved physics, a better experience overall, and even some surprises. Thank you for your support. All right. So thanks, Tony. If you're listening, uh, we do appreciate uh, iRacing, you know, chiming in. And uh, trying to, you know, uh, answer some of these people's uh, concerns and whatnot. Yeah. So what kind of problems have you had since the build came out in, I think, December? Well, since the September build, I personally have had connection problems. I've been on, this is my fourth year. I went three years without a connection issue. Uh, same hardware, nothing's changed. Uh, and I've even bought new networking equipment. I bought a new modem and a new router, and I still get, you know, dropouts uh, occasionally and uh, whatnot and messing up people's races, and it's very frustrating. Yeah, but besides the connection issue, have you had any problems within the sim at all? No, I've been good. How about on the website? You know, occasionally, you know, when other people can't join a race, I also can't usually, um, but uh, I'm okay with it. I understand, you know, because we, t- we talk about this on the on the podcast, obviously, mm-hmm. but I understand what they're working on, and it's going to be nice. Yeah, and for me, I think the website issues has been manageable. You know, I, I don't think it's been that bad i mean yeah it's it's there's some areas that slow down there's some areas where i might feel like well i'll just have to close down my browser and bring it back up or and actually um now i actually i'm i changed browsers for iRacing only to google google chrome because for some reason from my system it seems to work better everything else i use internet explorer but uh so i changed that but uh, you know but in in the sim um, I have some slight stuttering type of stuff, but I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, some of it is caused by me because I, you know, I tried some streaming stuff. I tried uh, that that uh, those browser app things on my on my stream. That guy actually caused some pretty big stuttering. I didn't care for that, so I stopped using that. But some of it's like my issues, um, and and uh, 
and actually I'm looking forward to what DX11 brings us before I uh, upgrade my computer again. Um, but uh, it really hasn't been that bad for me. Uh, what about you, Brad? Yeah, it hadn't really affected me all that much. Uh, sometimes with the site being down bugs me, but I can get over that. Yeah, Jose? Uh, I thought maybe he was listening. Yeah, so, I, I, you know, I, I still don't think it's that bad. You know, right now my big thing is the damage model. I don't like the fact that, it, you know, guys are don't seem to be penalized when they're, they got half a car. But, <laughs> but otherwise, uh, you know, it, you know, I, for me, it's, it's the website's the website and there's going to be some problems and it's, it's almost, Jose, yeah. open mic. And so anyway, it's, uh, uh, you know, I'm able to deal with the website stuff, but for me, it's the SIM, SIM stuff that's the most important. I think it should be for anyone, whether you own Project Cars or whether you own R-Factor 2 or whatever it is that you you're playing that's the most important part of the thing and so um that to me that's that's the deal as long as i can get in the races i want to get in and be able to move around uh where i want to move around I, i'm i'm able to deal with it yeah as long as we can race yep uh, i'm wondering if you can hear me now yeah yeah my, my biggest problem with with the website has been the stuttering problem um I used to run my system with not full graphic settings. I would say halfway, maybe three quarters of the way, um, full settings. Uh, I've had to downgrade that to decrease my settings visually um, because of all the stuttering. Um, particularly when people enter the room is when I get the most stuttering. All right, just trying to pick up what TV show you listen watching there, Jose. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, um, the Big Bang Theory. Okay. Okay. There we go. All right, uh, Mike. Why don't you uh, talk about the new thing? Since I really have no idea what you're what you're discussing here. So, uh, well, it's just a funny story. Uh, it happened on Facebook. Uh, I guess when you're in eye racing, you get to know people that are eye racers that you've never met in real life. And uh, one of those guys uh, I knew uh, on Facebook and as an iRacer but have never met in person was, called, was Mike Norris. Well, unfortunately, Mike Norris did pass away some time ago. I think it was uh, a year ago or longer. Uh, rest in peace. Um, I used to race with this guy in Nordgar League. And, uh, you know, and it, it, all of a sudden, just the other day, I, up pops a Facebook messenger message from Mike Norris. And it's got his picture on it, the picture that he used to use. And it says his name. And I click on his name, and it's his profile that he used to have. And and uh, he's IMing me. And I thought that was a little strange. And I went and Googled his name with uh, the word iRacing in it. And sure enough, uh, there was a mysterious, uh, uh, excuse me, a race memorial that I ran in that was broadcast more than a year ago where we were trying to raise money for his family. Uh, after he had passed and uh, anyway uh, I just uh, I saw all the people that he had friended and it looks like it's a spam account uh, trying to you know pick up on people and he friended a lot of different iRacers that I know so I just wanted to mention this don't let this guy scam you 
Uh, I don't think he's real. All right. Um, and in the show's uh, video showcase, I want to talk about uh, John Hall's uh, YouTube channel. Uh, John Hall basically runs GT3 races, uh, races, and I believe this season he's in the rough track car. Um, but sometimes he'll he'll switch it around. And he does actually in each week. I think he he does a, like a race prep, where he he basically goes through and and goes through on how he's setting up the car and everything for the current track that he's on. And it's actually quite interesting to watch if you're interested in, in, in GT3's uh, setup. And he'll go through, and nope, they can be quite long uh, videos there, and he'll run some laps and make some changes and tell you the reason why he's making the changes and that type of stuff, so it's uh, very good. Plus, he uh, then, of course, he puts up his races and stuff, and it's uh, very good. Uh, He's a pretty good racer. He normally races around the top split there. And uh, I believe the username on there is just uh, H-A-L-L-I-N-I-Z. So if you, or if you just want to, uh, uh, it's like Jay Holland or something like that, you can look up Jay Holland, and uh, that will uh, bring you to his uh, YouTube channel. But uh, it's someone that I enjoy watching, so I wanted to make sure I put it on thing. And our next section is hardware, but... Before we reach into this, but it is hardware related. Mike, what a hell of a fourth monitor you put up. Um, talk about, first of all, Mike's got a, a heck of a rig. And, and Carlos, I don't know if you can show the picture up on, on, the, on the Twitch and the YouTube thing of Mike's rig. But it, Mike's got a heck of a rig where it just looks like he's got monitors all over the place and tablets and that type of stuff. And he's got this huge fourth monitor now sticking up. Talk a little bit about your rig there, Mike. Well, it's a Butto Revolution uh, cockpit uh, with triple monitor mount, 27-inch uh, monitors. Uh, and underneath that, to the right, I have a 27-inch touchscreen that's hooked to a laptop that's separate from the SIM computer. And then I have an iPad and an iPhone nearby for button box and temps. Um, and then I just got for my birthday, which is tomorrow, a uh, from my wonderful wife, a 55-inch 4K LG TV, which is hung on the wall right up above my rig and uh, was running gauges up on that. And it's actually perfect. I mean, when I'm sitting in my chair and I look above the center monitor, it's right lined up with the bottom of the big screen. So, um, yeah, big old gauges uh, up on the wall. I love it. And I did fix it where the wires are not showing. Uh, I have a cable trough in the wall. I just hadn't used that yet. Yeah, I think it, it looks pretty good. Actually, it looks like you got uh, a few dollars sunk into your uh, equipment there. So, but it looks uh, quite, quite nice. I will say that. All right, uh, why don't you talk about the new train paints? All right, well, New Trading Paints is uh, here. And uh, for anybody that uh, was looking to put in their new car or whatever they had for the 24-hour, it came up right before the, uh, the, I believe, the day before the 24-hour race. And they got a brand-new look to it. Um, but uh, it's, uh, it looks like they really did a, a, a job there. 
but you can see all the cars on your left and then when you click on the car then you can see exactly what paint that you have going for it and then below it shows all the teams that you're involved in and ones where you can actually pick the cars one your owner of the team will allow you to actually pick the pick the the paint for that team and you can just use the current one that you're currently racing or it allows you to pick a a different one so it's a uh, and it actually looks pretty good, um, pretty good job on their website, and um, and I appreciate uh, everything that uh, that uh, the guys at Train Paints has done for the Iverson community. Can you hear me? Yep, now we okay. can. Okay, lost the sound there for a minute. Uh, any, yeah, Trading Paints, I wanted to say I'm a paying member, and I really enjoyed the new update, and uh, it it's a lot more streamlined. It's just one page, and you just scroll and you have everything there on that one page. And I like that, that you don't have to, you know, oh, I have to switch between oval, back to road, and that kind of thing. And, um, and it, you know, it's, it's just really streamlined. I really like that. that. Some other changes that they did were you can upload uh, JPEGs and PNGs now, not just TGAs, and they will convert them for you. And there used to be a 10-minute delay, and now there's no delay. Okay, that's 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 nice that there's no delay. So and uh, and your team has uh, got some new paints coming. Well, I'll let Carlos uh, talk about that. He's been working on them. So, hey, what am I doing? The new, paint. new paints. Well, really, I kind of if you think about it, I'm actually looking at trading paints here. <laughs> One of the things I used as a basically something to base off off the template or whatever I did to make the paints to look decent i actually cheated a little bit and stole a, one from another cup car and just slapped it on there then changed the colors around and it somehow worked and it i don't know let me look for it real quick and it seems to look pretty awesome if you ask me yeah i think they're uh i think your cars look real nice the new ones that you uh painted up for your team i think they look really really sharp yeah and as a trading paints pro subscriber i can run a different uh paint for night races versus day races so you can set that up and so carlos is working on a inverse uh you know here's a white and red with red being predominant but he has an inverse of this as well where it's uh the other way around i was also working on a fourth of july one for myself i don't got that posted yet all right and you're still working on the on the toyota you did the chevy and the ford right yep so yeah, we're working on it. I just wanted to mention we we got new paints coming for the team. I'm excited uh, for this new season, and uh, we're going to kick it off with some new colors. All right, and since we got a league race coming up here, real quick, uh, let's get to our final thoughts, uh, Mike. None today, actually. All right, I'm going to go real quick here. Uh, uh, Carlos here on the iRacers Lounge is going for our Xfinity winner. Uh, league championship and uh, he's in a tight battle with one of my teammates Colton Landis and I'm um, actually looking forward to it actually uh, good luck to both of you guys it's uh it's been uh, quite fun uh, watching you guys uh, battle this through and uh, Carlos uh, actually I think he took the lead in that Texas race that you won and so it's uh it's been quite fun there and uh and the, the league seems to be, the racing seems to be getting better so far in the league, but uh, tonight we're at Phoenix, so, which I call uh, crappy racing there. But we'll see how it goes today. 
Um, but otherwise, uh, and then uh, hopefully maybe on a, a future show, we'll have our uh, Baker Racing uh, Winter Cup uh, champion uh, on the show here, which I'm not going to say who it is because we're not uh, we're not done yet. But uh, anyway, uh, let's uh, we should probably end this so we can uh, join that race. Yep. All right. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you. See you. Thanks for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on YouTube, follow on Twitter and Facebook, and SoundCloud. See you on the track.